0: On today's episode of the JT and Big O podcast, it's going to be no country for old men. We're going to be talking about professional wrestlers who don't seem to want to get out of the way for the newer talent, as well as, surprisingly enough, people in Hollywood who do. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I am JT McGuire, better known as Video Geek JT, sometimes known as Jersey Cowboy. <laughs> and off to my side... He's the real man. He's the full ordeal. He is Ryan Big O'Regan.
1: You have really gotten better at that. Every every episode, it's like a little bit extra, a little bit more. We'll Sooner this. or later, we're going to have to have, like, intro music for me at this rate, you know? <laughs> We're going we're to have to like, just go ahead and, like, you know, just spend a couple of hundred dollars or get some, like, you know, audio library, free, no content, source music and just, like, Put it up behind, you know, just get a little monitor or something. I I like it. (laughs) You're really doing good, JT. And, of course, uh, as we've uh, both stated uh, earlier before, we are not in the usual studio, as you can see. We are actually, well, if you can see, obviously, if this is the Podbean version, you're not seeing a damn thing. (laughs) But you can go ahead and see. We are here at the A Shared Universe podcast studio right here in Asbury Park, right on the boardwalk. It's a lovely view. It's a nice sunny day. I see a lot of people out there on the sand with their parkers and their hoodies, and (laughs) uh, that's only something you get in Jersey. And we are thankfully also here with the main owner of A Shared Universe, the man, the myth, the legend, the comic book man himself, Mr. Ming Chen.
2: What's up, everybody? How are you? It's an honor to be here.
1: Uh, Well, thank you very much for allowing us to come in today. I know it's a (laughs) Sunday. I'm sure there's plenty of things going on, but we were gracious enough to have you with us uh, help uh, spearhead today's episode and also um, if at all you want to go ahead and chime into anything that we're going to be talking about I don't know how much of a wrestling fan you are or anything else but
2: uh, you're talking AEW you're talking my language uh, I'm, <laughs> ah. I'm just uh, I'll, I'll quick story I want to take over the episode or anything but I was at a Comic Con uh, the NJ Horror Con Chris Jericho was there and a friend wanted to meet him and I was like oh man I don't, I don't really know him <coughs> um, but you know I'll go up and introduce myself and uh, you know maybe he knows Kevin Smith or something <laughs> And I go up, he's like, Ming, what's going on? And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? And so apparently he, he explained to me that uh, Chris Jericho takes a lot of flights around the country and the world. Um, and he said he watched Comic Book Men um, yeah. on his flights. or be on the in-flight entertainment. He's like, I love you. You're, you're so funny. Why do you like those guys' pick on you? I'll kick their ass. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then uh, I guess uh, several months later we end up being in a movie together. Not in the same scene, unfortunately, but uh, Kevin Smith's. Jane Bond reboot movie. Yes. Uh, Chris is, play, is in one scene. Uh, I'm in another. So uh, I'm like one degree Kevin Bacon from him. Yes, I guess. He's so. certainly a
1: lot closer than we are. We know that much. Uh, it's,
2: it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty cool. So I, I I just love that he's he's still doing his thing. You know, he's still throwing people around. Um, that uh, you're you're never too old. And uh, I mean, the guy's huge. So he's in great shape.
1: Well, in that case, yes. You're never too old if you're someone like Chris Jericho, who goes ahead and is a constant performer. Whether it's with Fozzy, whether it's with the WWE, whether it's a and He's one of those guys that has been able to metamorphose himself necessarily for whatever he's doing.
0: Mm-hmm. The, uh, as uh, was called last night, the uh, Reverend of Reinvention.
1: Yes, that's a perfect tagline for him. That cannot necessarily be said for all... Men of a certain age in that industry. Yes. Which is exactly what we're going to be talking about today because we've noticed between Hollywood and wrestling and a few other things, it seems that um, there's a bit of a changing of the guard and there is some, f- you know, fighting back from the old guard in mm-hmm. that. Um, definitely this first week, we've had a few things going on between uh, WWE Super Showdown, uh, the fallout of that going into WWE SmackDown, and then, of course, uh, on the other side of the table, you've got AEW Revolution. Now, obviously, Super Showdown, the Saudi Arabia shows that anyone who watches WWE we know, it's not exactly the best showcase, and apparently they really like old guys in Saudi Arabia, because you had spots for uh, Undertaker, you had uh, spots for Goldberg, and apparently they are actually pushing Goldberg to be the universal champion. Going into Wrestlemania. Now, obviously, I know you have some very strong feelings about
0: that. Mm-hmm. What were those? Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the simplest way to say it without starting to curse? Um, I. Why? Well, I know why, because Vince McMahon, the way he works as a businessman is quick fixes. Mm -hmm. And his whole thing is, well, they know who Goldberg is, they know who this guy is, so that's going to be a thing. He doesn't have faith in his own main event talent right now. Like, like how do you build a business where you're relying on people who are becoming more and more unreliable?
1: Well, the whole... Showdown itself, it was really just uh, almost a platform to show you that regardless of how good this younger talent is, no matter how uh, galvanizing some of these people are, whether it's The Fiend, whether it's Ricochet, whether it's even a, a semi-old-timer like AJ Styles, screw them. We're putting over the big older guys with name recognition yes, just for the hell of it. There's no long-planned idea as far as McMahon is concerned.
0: Well, I think. Well, yeah, exactly what you just said there. It's no long term planning. I think he's looking specifically at short term planning. If I put these people here, they know who they are, so they'll pay for an immediate ticket. But what happens when Undertaker can't wrestle anymore? What happens when Bill can't wrestle anymore?
1: Look, I have been an Undertaker more my entire career. No, let the dead man sleep finally.
0: Well, what happened? Well, what I mean is, what happens when he can't even walk to the ring anymore? Like, he can't even stand up.
1: They've done that already. Uh There was one entrance where they actually had him on a platform, and he was literally just wheeled down, (laughs) standing, (laughs) but it looked like he was like floating through the smoke. No, that's just because he didn't want to waste the energy walking down the long ass ramp to the ring. All right? This is already in works. And I'm more worried about him ending up with a concussion again, because that's what probably happened the last time he faced Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And yet they go ahead and they take someone like AJ. Now AJ Styles, for however old he is, great wrestler, great talent, always has been, probably always will be, and very underutilized. One choke slam, and he's done. A choke slam, probably the most basic in Undertaker's arsenal. Not a last ride, not not a devil's gate or whatever that submission move is of his. No, just one choke slam.
0: Yes. It pretty much like a pedigree to Triple H back in uh, 96 from the ultimate warrior right. or not, not the no no it, was, it wasn't the pedigree it was uh well he beat, he beat uh, ultimate warrior beat him in like 1 minute think. yeah believe.
1: basically and then that's i mean Brock and Ricochet is another thing but Brock I can at least understand because Brock can still go yeah. but Brock doesn't show any wear and tear as much as say the other two gentlemen do But these are the guys that you are going ahead and putting the career of WWE and WrestleMania on their backs. Yes. Because we already can tell it's going to be Undertaker, AJ, at WrestleMania. It's going to be, uh, we already know, Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. Which, God, I hope they actually do something with Drew to actually take down Brock. Because right now, I do not care about that match.
0: And then, Goldberg... Wait, wait, wait. What match don't you care about?
1: I, I don't care about Brock versus Drew. Really? I don't. Why I do I care about Drew? That's that's a, did whole Did you watch thing. the Royal Rumble? I watched the Royal Rumble, yes. It was a great him kicking him out of the ring. Big yeah. freaking deal. That, that's enough, That's not enough for me to actually want to go ahead and invest in the match because they haven't built up Drew at all. They haven't built up Drew. They haven't built up Ricochet. They, the only one that has been built I felt up that, young enough.
0: I felt that did build up Drew. But the I guess what the major problem is, and again, it goes into the overall structure of the WWE, no long-term booking. So they did one big match where they got to book him, and then they failed to do that for the rest of the show. Well, they, they put him, like, on the MVP lounge and, yeah, like, I'm going to kick furniture and stuff.
1: Yeah, big freaking deal with that. And the, the only young person they've actually built up mm-hmm. is The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Possibly the greatest gimmick since Undertaker first came into the WWE. Mm-hmm. They let him be beaten by uh, the, one of the weakest jackhammers I have ever seen from Goldberg. When, mind you, this is the guy that would no-sell Seth Rollins move after move after move, ladder after ladder, toolbox
0: after toolbox. Someone just pointed out to me that this is the first time since he became The Fiend that he lost cleanly too. Yeah. So he lost cleanly to a 53-year-old man who is not what he used to be even – and that you know, wasn't much to begin with. But. And to make matters worse. Instead of going ahead and continuing that Mm
1: storyline leading into WrestleMania for The Fiend to go ahead and screw with Goldberg to get the belt back. No, we're just forgetting about that and we're giving him another quote-unquote
0: old-timer
1: in John Cena. Which, mind you, the no, only- no, no,
0: no, I That's a little different. First off, uh, you remember you are going to AJ Styles a while back. I should point out, if we're going to talk about ages, AJ Styles and uh, John Cena are pretty much the same age. Granted, yes. Uh, but can two, John Cena go like AJ Styles does? Two, I think, yeah. I. Anytime someone has pushed John Cena, he has been able to go to the limit. I thi- he can actually wrestle when he wants to. And this is, he's been rested up for a year. I think he could do a good WrestleMania match. I, and actually, if John Cena actually loses to The Fiend... This could help push him, I think, a little bit more. It might help The Fiend out.
1: But we do know the only reason Cena is even being brought into WrestleMania talk is because it's going to be good promo for the Fast 9, Fast Saga. Let's be clear. That Mm -hmm. is the only reason they are bringing in Cena. They could put anybody else up against The Fiend and make The Fiend look like a star. But they're bringing in another old-time name just to pump up for WrestleMania.
0: Well, I look at it this way. I have to have some sort of faith, because if I don't, then why am I even bothering to watch the show?
1: The same reason people say that uh, wrestling is fake, but they still watch it. You know, they like the car crash. They, they like the controversy, and they like to make fun of it.
0: But at what point do, like, even the people who are like, they, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit, and they never do, at what point do they actually quit? Uh, one of my favorite uh, comic book people, uh, comic book people, uh, I can speak well English, Uh <laughs> One of my favorite uh, webcomic artists uh, who did a comic called uh, Box Spot, basically made fun of professional wrestling, mm-hmm. he actually stopped making the comic. He actually posted one more comic, said, I can't watch this anymore. And he's done. He hasn't posted in months. That's fair.
1: I mean, there's nothing wrong with like saying that you necessarily have burnout and that you know you need to step away, you need to take a break, you need to do this, you need to do that. But then when you're not doing the this, the that, and the other things to occupy your time, and you're just sitting there and being like, yeah, I want to go do that again, even though you probably shouldn't, because it, you know, how you were then and how you are now are two different people. Yeah. And then that's where the Goldberg thing comes into play. This is a guy that for the past couple of years, then when they have been bringing him back, the only reason they brought him back originally was because, you know, Brock. Mm-hmm. And now that the Brock thing is done,
0: yeah, there's, there's no reason. I didn't, I didn't even care about Goldberg back in the day when he was actually popular.
1: Right. And the problem is you see what WWE is doing with these name stars. do Not not for Hall of Fame, not for just you know some picture spots, not, not for anything maybe story-oriented or just a guest appearance. They are being brought into the main events of things. They are being touted as the headliners. Why is anyone younger going to want to stick around in WWE when WWE doesn't need them until five years from now?
0: Money. But-,
1: but then we go to the other side. Now we look at something that came on this week that followed all the mockery that WWE was doing. And that's AEW Revolution, mm-hmm. which as a whole was a great showcase and a great showcase for a lot of younger, hungrier, more capable talent. And even probably the, the oldest man in the, in the room, Chris Jericho, went ahead, lost to John Moxley. Nicely. A great match. Probably not the best match of the night, but certainly it's storytelling where you can see that he's not going to necessarily be hurt by the loss. If anything, this will probably just drive him and the inner circle further against Moxley and whoever may align himself with him.
0: You know, it, it's kind of funny. This is the only match where I wasn't sure I wanted to see John Moxley win the title. It. Uh, I'm a big. I'm a been a Chris Jericho fan since I started watching wrestling. He's the first person I ever saw when I became a fan. Yeah. And I've. I realized very quickly I was cheering him even when he was a heel, and just I've been cheering him ever since. Well,
1: that's a good thing about him, yeah.
0: But. Yeah, it's just now. Where do you go? You ha- he was your biggest name. And now you took the title off of him to give it to John Moxley, who, mm-hmm. who he's a big name too, except he's not allowed to use the name he was known for anyway. So only uh, half the people really know who he is. To be
1: honest, Dean Ambrose is kind of like blah compared to it's John a, it's Moxley. A, it's
0: blah, but you know that name, whereas not as many people know who John Moxley is. It's just they'll tune in like, hey, he looks like Dean Ambrose. That's the only way you'll catch on. Well, it was um, funny when he had the eye patch. I'm also, I'm, I'm wondering. I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> was that fake blood that was coming out of him too? Like he had blood coming out of that eye and it's like, was there just like a capsule underneath the uh, eye patch the whole time? I, can, I still can't tell. I
1: mean, that would be the easiest explanation because obviously, well, AEW doesn't like necessarily shy away from the, necessar- the use of blood, but oh my God. I think they yeah. would at least be a little bit more creative with the fact of like, hey, we have an eye patch. <laughs> we have some room to work with rather than, you know, any blading.
0: Yeah, unless, <laughs> did, did you actually watch the pay-per-view last night? Yeah. I'm, I'm giggling because you're talking about, like, well, we won't do blading. And then you see MJF, who was, like, the match or two before. Yes. Who just, like, sliced himself way open at some point.
1: Right, but I'm saying, like, if you're going to have blood come from a part where it could be covered, why not the eye patch?
0: Yeah, if, if
1: It would have been worse if it was from the other eye because then it's like, you know, <laughs> well, now where do you go? You know, he doesn't have an eye on his forehead.
0: Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know what to say about it. I'm, I was happy about it, and, you know, it kind of ruins our, our discussion today because AEW no longer has a really, uh, a much older champion. No, but, but, the that, same but time, that's the
1: perfect point of it because we have the, the, the two sides of the coin here. We have mm-hmm. WWE, the established franchise that doesn't seem to, you know, pull their head out of their ass. And then we have AEW, the young upstart, probably the most significant competition that WWE has had in a very long time. And they are really knowing how to showcase their talent properly, old or young.
0: I'm uh, I'm not in full agreement of that, but... I, are you talking strictly on the
1: Jericho end or somebody else?
0: Yeah. Uh, uh... Like anything that involves Chris Jericho since AEW's inception has been great. He just knows how to Le work. Stuff, and he like if you work with Chris Jericho, he's going to kind of make you a star because right. he wants to build you up as well as keep himself built up. He's he's and he's a 30-year veteran at this point. Mm-hmm. Is it 30 years? Yeah, 30 years. Yeah. If we're but, going all the
1: way to like the WWE WWE days then yes.
0: But I watch other programs and actually I take it back. Like a like for the longest time, I was getting a little upset with some of the programs there. Like, I didn't know what direction they were going with Adam Page for a bit, or even Kenny Omega for a bit. I didn't really like the women's division oh, where but, they were going with that. But so last to, night was kind of yeah. it was pretty beautiful. It went pretty well. I think everything.
1: Oh yeah, arguably the uh, the tag match with uh, Omega, Page, and the Young Bucks,
0: possibly match of the night. It, it was definitely a good match. I'm I'm starting to get turned off by the Young Bucks a little bit.
1: <laughs> But that's the idea. Now they're now they're purposely going for like that heel heat. So I mean, if you're not a fan of the Young Bucks, that's perfectly fine at this point.
0: Yeah, which I thought that's what they were going to go. I think when they realized more people were cheering Adam Page, that mm-hmm. they would just uh, like turn the Young Bucks heel. But you notice at the end of the match, they still like Page was still hinting that he was going to eventually turn on Kenny.
1: Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, Hangman Page almost has, like, the same thing John Moxley does. You know, he's almost, like, anti-establishment. The only difference is uh, Moxley is all establishments, and Page is pretty much just the elite. You know, he's anti-elite, you know. Who is the establishment? (laughs) (laughs) Who is the establishment, yes. It's all full circle. Not an inner circle, but full circle. There's a difference. (laughs) Um, actually, um, if we just want to go ahead and get the, the third-person perspective here, mm-hmm. uh, Ming, you are a big AEW person, are you not?
2: Uh, I, well, big, let's say medium. Medium? Yeah, I did not watch the pay-per-view. Okay, that's fair. I, cool. I, uh, I was
1: busy. But in comparison to what we're talking with here, yes. uh, what are your views on uh, Jericho as like, the main draw for the franchise? And then the way they build up a lot of the younger talent.
2: Uh, I mean, everyone knows Chris Jericho. Um, you know, men, women, small children, uh, mm-hmm. animals. and uh, I, he, So I, I recently saw him at New York Comic Con, and he's wearing, he's wearing a, uh, a blazer, a uh, purple blazer. has got a pattern on it, and he doesn't have a, no shirt underneath. And his pecs are, like, exploding out of there. And he's like, hey, Ming-Ming, let's get a picture. And I'm like, oh, God, man. Because, you, know, I, I you know, I don't look. I wear a shirt. Like, I have to wear a shirt. And I'm staying next to him, and you know it's a great shot. But I'm and I'm joking around. I was like, you know what? Next year when I see you here, I'm not gonna have a shirt on either.
1: Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> that's good.
2: So I think that kind of says it all. Like he he he's got so much charisma. He's got I mean, he's obviously got the talent. And um, yeah, I I mean, I, why wouldn't you build it around him? I mean, what just yeah why just why wouldn't you? He's he's got I, I mean he he obviously knows what he's doing, and uh, he's just built this amazing stable and I mm. just yeah I, I and I, I know he's gotten screwed over by you know all the other all the other leagues that he's, he's been he's like screw it I'm just gonna go I'm gonna go do my own thing and uh, it, he's pro- it's proven very successful
1: and that's another thing again with the build-up and everything Jericho knows how to use his um, I guess his lineage mm-hmm. to help build up the people that are part of the inner circle and if it wasn't for Jericho being the spearhead there all these other young talents probably won't even be as recognized as they are now for aligning with him.
0: I think uh, Sammy Guevara in uh, particular is a Ooh, yeah. is a big rising talent. Oh, but, that, that match
1: between him and Darby Allin. Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: that was great but you know he has uh he had a a really lousy nickname i think like the greatest of all time or something like that it's and then generic yes and then like in one of the first promos for the inner circle chris jericho just goes he's a spanish god and everyone was just like oh my god that is the perfect nickname for him spanish god
1: i could see that i could see that
0: so it's like It's uh, either the best in the world, Sammy Guevara, which is a name that everyone's used, or the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara.
1: Right. Oh. And that that. was Chris Jericho. Yeah, exactly. But again, you can see the dichotomy here between one brand and the other, one usage and the other. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this week has just been very telling of where things can go if they're not rectified. You know, if if WWE doesn't go ahead and, you know, step up their game, make some real changes, and finally just let Vince go so he can go ahead and play with his XFL, <laughs> which, mind you, I haven't heard anybody except maybe Scott talk about the XFL ever since it started. <laughs> so it must really be doing banger. It, it must be doing millions of dollars, really. Because, you know, God forbid the WWE get sued over it by the stock
0: owners. Oh, yeah. doof.
1: You know, it's... Like, you figured at least Vince would see the money and, you know, curtail what he's doing. But no, apparently not.
0: You know, it still hasn't come out why the, both the presidents of the company, like, uh, resigned. Mm. We'll find out later it was XFL.
1: Hopefully John Oliver will do, like, some sort of show about it and then everybody will know.
0: Because that's apparently the only
1: reason anyone knew about uh, the wellness stuff and all that anyways. Because, you know, someone else outside of the industry was talking about it.
0: I love how uh, Bailey, after she became a heel, she was on some sort of show explaining about WWE and mm-hmm. stuff, and and she said something thinking it was just like a funny ha ha story, and they honed in on like, wait, did they make you travel by yourself on your own dime? She's like, uh, uh, uh.
1: <laughs> it's like who needs a hug? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh, it's terrible, Uh but. All right, did you have anything else to say about Goldberg or anything else? Because I know you were so heated by it, so
0: I was, and then you know, I thought about it, and I was like, okay, I can kind of see and here's the thing. I love Bray Wyatt because I think this is what calmed me down. Bray Wyatt's on Twitter, and
1: oh yeah Ooh. he
0: he actually rebuilt himself in like two tweets, and I'm like, I'm still interested in seeing you, Bray, thank you. Mm-hmm. um like I'm looking forward to the John Cena match now it's. Eh. I, there's a talent. I hope they don't piss him off to the point that he leaves because if he goes to AEW, but he's he already probably... pissed off.
1: <laughs> they they talked about that. They talked about how on SmackDown they had the um, the new tag champions just lose after winning the belts and everything, mm-hmm. and you know someone made the comment about like you know burying their young talent. Bray Wyatt responded with a yes, just a yes, <laughs> a simple yes but signifying that he is very much against what is happening in the company and feels slighted by creative.
0: When you say young talent, are you talking about uh, Miz and Morrison? Because they're the ones who won it and then lost it in the same night. No, but I'm
1: saying they don't care about like who they're building up. True. true.
0: I, you know, when I got into wrestling in like maybe 1998, I remember I cared about those championships. I, mm-hmm. I don't really care. You have care. a belt. Yes, I do. I, I have many belts. But uh, <laughs> but it's it just doesn't seem like it it's a prop now in the WWE. It doesn't really matter who holds it. It doesn't really signify that you are the best or not.
1: It might as well be the ring bell that you just go ahead and use and clock someone in the head for it. Yeah.
0: It's just something fancy to wear to the ring. That's pretty much what it is at this point.
1: Yeah, but then there's like no sense of like hierarchy. There's really no one saying like, you know, anyone is better than anyone else. That means any old timer could come in and take on any young timer and it's just like the Wild West. Yeah, at that I, point, why should you care about one person or the other? And that sense.
0: This is a few years out now, but I'm still angry over uh, CM Punk, who held the belt for over oh, a year. The Summer of then, Punk. Like, no, 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 no. I'm, oh, no, uh, like, just the this whole is year, after yes. the Summer of Punk. He had the belt for the entire year, and mm-hmm. he became like the hottest heel in the company. So, what's the WrestleMania match you should be building? Your top babyface, John Cena, to defeat CM Punk at WrestleMania. Instead. They're like, oh, we're going to give The Rock a match at Royal Rumble mm-hmm. and give The Rock, who hadn't really wrestled on a regular basis at that point in almost a decade, the World Heavyweight Championship. Right, because... Beat the guy in the year, and the guy who did for a year scattered off to do something else. Because it's promotional.
1: It, it's simply... Yeah. Uh, if, you, if I may do my uh, Vince McMahon voice, hmm. it's on the road to WrestleMania! <laughs>
0: That, well, that's what I was saying before. He only thinks short-term booking. It's like, oh, well, this will be good, pal, for doing this.
1: And Vince needs to take a rest. You know, He needs to take a sabbatical, maybe go to an island that maybe he owns, who knows, with his money, and just sit in a cabana and just fall asleep for like 10 years. If he wakes up, God bless him. If he doesn't, we'll understand.
0: I'm trying not to say anything I would regret.
1: <laughs> I regret nothing in comparison to all this. I mean, come on. What... We already know what the game is. It's just a matter of when they're finally going to pull the trigger, have Vince step down, much like other CEOs or COOs, Mm -hmm. and have someone else take over. Which actually leads us into our next topic. Yes. Because um, as far as uh, CEOs and big-name players in Hollywood, uh, obviously the big news this coming week was that Bob Iger, the CEO of the Walt Disney Company, the whole kit and caboodle of it, Mm has stepped down as ceo now mind you his reign as ceo for the past 15 years it was going to end eventually his contract was ending i believe december 31st 2021 so Mm -hmm. he was going to be going he knew this but they went ahead and decided to do it now and bring in uh trade one bob for the other bob uh was it craic or kretzik
0: yeah, I didn't catch his name. I just I know, don't he's know he's how in to charge. Say it. Of, I just know he's in charge of parks and amusements. Right. He he's pretty Army's much been the, the main
1: guy who's been handling the parks, handling uh, the the rollout of all the new attractions, especially Galaxy's Edge, which just came out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is taking over the entire you know CEO responsibilities, which I don't necessarily have a problem with uh, people doing that. But Lord knows the stocks were not up. Chappick. Chappick is the proper name. Uh, Lord knows. People were very concerned, very upset. They're like, why are we doing this now? And at least, here's my theory. Bob Iger knows that right now, with everything that's happened, with everything that's going on this year, they're in a state of flux. You know, they're in a bit of a calm. Uh, Phase four. Uh, three just ended with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Phase Four is just kicking off with a bit of a, a light-hearted entry with Black Widow. So it's not going to be banger, but it's going to be something that's, you know, easing people back into it. It's not going to be crazy. Uh, Star Wars is ended, thank God. Um, maybe not with a, a boom, but with a whimper. <laughs> um, no, let, let's face it. That was a, that was something that needed to be just put down after Last Jedi because people were not going to be having one well, way. Well,
0: Star Wars either. is still around, but it's they're going to be more focused on the team. The Skywalker stuff saga, the main the crux Sky- of yes.
1: it is done. And now they can go ahead until and work on another it. thing. And, <laughs> yes, until they ruin something else. But that's calm. They're calm. Disney Plus had a nice rollout. Uh, Mandalorian is doing great, which has been, really been their big drive. So th- this is the time for Walt Disney Company to be like, all right, let's take a breath. Let's relax a bit. Creak out the bones a little. Well... Now is the time to do a transition of power because if you try to do it later or you try to do it sooner, things could get messed up. Things could get wrecked. Now is a nice way to ease into things. uh,
0: I just need to point out real quick. I don't know if uh, anyone can uh, hear these (laughs) sounds on the podcast but uh, it looks like they're building stuff next door. Right oh, no, now. no. That, that's
1: um, background audio for me talking about how they're restructuring and
2: rebuilding. You don't know that?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, so Walt Disney is restructuring <laughs> as we speak right now. Well, Ming,
2: do you know what this is? Uh, those noises are beer kegs being rolled uh, into and out of the <laughs> restaurant next door. So they, right. they're, they're craft beer, at least. So it's not crappy beer.
1: Well, it is there. the beginning of March, yeah. Irish month. So yes, okay. And, that, and as the Irish, acceptable. I guess
0: that should be music to our ears right now, then.
1: Well, I mean, I I knew what it was, but, you know, I just banging on metal. And
0: (laughs) you you knew what it was.
1: I don't know what brand, no, but, you know, give me a couple minutes. So
0: to go back to uh, Bob Iger, uh, actually, I both agree and disagree with what you're saying. I think the reasoning is there, which is uh, that they are kind of in a state of flux right now. But I think it was more Bob Iger looking at it and going, well, I've done very well here. Mm-hmm. I would like to leave on a positive note because how CEOs kind of work is they they work one place and they move on to another. Not that I see where Bob Iger's going; he could retire at this point. But you know, just to keep that open. Right. If he leaves now, he leaves on a legacy to say he's the one who helped really build uh, Walt Disney to what it is today. Right. Whereas in a few months, if things go to hell and he leaves, he's like. Well, I guess they needed that change. So I think it was more Bob's decision to say, let's leave on a high note than a possible lower one later on.
1: Right. But at least I can have respect for the man saying that, you know, I've done what I can. There's really nothing more that we should have to do, let alone could do. But, yeah, between Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, FX. Fox. Fox alone.
0: He bought – Fox and and it's like and one that, of the and that chief
1: going fine. Yeah, I mean he he's, he's <laughs> strained away everything he's you know twenty twentieth 20th century Fox is now 21st century uh, mm-hmm. you've got uh, FX going up on Hulu all the shows and everything which of course uh, you know they also own the whole ABC Hulu Fox connection yeah, now the, is what? complete
0: Not not to go on a different subject but what the hell where is Hulu at this point It's like what i watch it you, yeah, but I'm just saying like that was like uh, the ownership of NBC, Fox, and Disney. So now mm-hmm. with this uh, purchase of Fox, that means two-thirds of the ownership goes to Disney. Who already also has Disney Plus and ESPN and a whole bunch of other streaming networks. Damn right. And then, of course, Comcast just came out with their own branding of Peacock, which <laughs> I don't think that's doing too well. But uh I, has it even come out
1: yet? I'm, I don't even know.
0: Here here's the only thing. I, I work in New York City and I walk past the Rockefeller Center every other day, and I remember when they were promoting it, they had a big freaking peacock out in the front with a <laughs> gold bar underneath it that said, Peacock. Like take <laughs> yeah. your take your picture in front of the peacock. And Yeah, because that's not gonna get cropped yeah. at all, no. And I <laughs> noticed within one week it was gone. And I'm like uh, well, yeah, it doesn't look promotionals like promotional's doing too well there.
1: Some old lady probably saw the cock part and like got upset. <laughs> you know, it was like I don't like this when I'm touring around the big city.
0: Why is there a big cock here and a pee? <laughs> anyway, damn you know, Midwest. No. Where am I going with this? <laughs> I don't know. But We've no,
1: I mean, for whatever it is that Disney owns and the monopoly they've you know built themselves, really, what more could Bob Iger do? What what right now? Whoever's taking over, uh, one Bob or the other, Chappic, mm-hmm. uh, his job responsibilities is pretty much just going to be staying the course. Don't rock the boat. Keep <laughs> things good. Maybe cut back on costs a little bit if necessary. Because for as many good things as they've had, they've also had their share of failures, and they just want to make sure that things just stay on level until things progress again.
0: Well, here's the. I don't know if they can really just stay the course because, you know, I think Bob has got, or Bob Iger kind of got them to shore here, and now they need a new destination. Uh, As you said, Marvel's sort of in flux now. Like a lot of the big stars from the Marvel movies are kind of moving on to other projects. Right. So they now need to find this new direction with Marvel. Which thankfully
1: Uh, they still have Kevin Feige anyway. Now when Feige leaves. That's when you worry.
0: Star Wars, which was a $4 billion purchase. Now you've, uh, you've ended the main saga, and they don't know where to go with the movies anymore. The only thing they have at this point is just the TV series, unless they're going to add more series and more stories. Well, there's also that Project I haven't heard much stuff. About. You know? I, ha- I haven't heard much about that one.
1: It's their um, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, but it's not going to be Knights of the Old Republic. It's uh, the High Republic. Okay. It's basically a set of stories that they have going on. I believe uh, 200 years prior to the events of Episode One, which say what you will about how like the covers look and how it's going to be like you know, like, very Jedi Knight oriented and kind of like almost classic Star Wars for a lot of people. You know, if it's even if it's 200 years set before Episode One, you know they're going to find a way to put Palpatine in there somehow. <laughs> All right. He'll he'll be like a he'll be like a Yoda baby, but he'll be like a small human with like red eyes or something, and he'll be like force choking people or something. They're gonna find a way to draw it into the Skywalker saga somehow, and I'm like, just no, th- go beyond, go further, go away from everything oriented, and just try something new.
0: I have a fortune teller in there who could see the future, and then that's how you see Luke oh, Skywalker, Oh god, yeah, prophecies and, and, and omens, Vader.
1: and you know, the those witch women and everything. It's oh god. Uh, there's so many ways they could mess it up, and I really hope they don't. But at least for right now, it's just stories. Individual stories by individual authors that are just going to go ahead and try to set up a world. So as long as no one goes ahead and influences them, perfect. Fine. I know great. I had
0: a table of Star Wars fans. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. If they go back and they tell Ankin story again, but they do it right this time, I might be interested in watching it. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe like 20 years
1: down the road if you want to do like a Darth Vader reboot. You know, just kind of like tell the story from like a different, you know, I, I, a different time ago, from a different galaxy far, far away. You know, it's like paralleled Star Wars universes. You know, there, there's a universe where Dash Rendar actually exists. You know, something.
0: So uh, while we're talking about Star Wars, and uh, of course uh, it's part of uh, Lucas Films. Ooh, maybe, nice segue. Maybe, I like that. Maybe we should talk about another Lucasfilm and some of the changes over there.
1: Yes, because obviously Lucasfilm was also one of the things that was, you know Disney has acquired. And um, aside from Star Wars, that gives them uh, pretty much everything Lucas-oriented, including Indiana Jones, which, of course, I am a big fan of Indiana Jones. It's been part of my family. Me and my sister have watched every single movie in the theaters. Uh, I've, I've loved it ever since. Uh, and Crystal Skull, notwithstanding, it's still one of the best... Um, Action trilogies, I'd say. Per- certainly made uh, Harrison Ford more of a household name than Star Wars ever did, I'd say.
0: I think uh, Last Crusade was one of the movies, as a five-year-old child, uh, I watched every day. Mm-hmm. Like it, those those films were great. Steven Spielberg was a really good director.
1: Right. However, Steven Spielberg, who has done the last four, mm-hmm. is stepping down from doing Indiana Jones 5. Which, yes, they are doing an Indiana Jones 5 um, I imagine the subtitle is going to be um, the well, reincarnation of, course, of Harrison Ford because his old ass body. I don't know how that this is going to be CGI'd to hell. All right,
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why he did Call the Wild. He wanted to get used to the CGI. That the, was the CGI
1: was the dog. It wasn't him. I don't. I, I don't see the dog cracking a whip over like a beam and hanging over and flying. He probably could because it was that cartoony. Stupid Scooby Doo god damn don't, did don't, you don't actually, get me started did
0: you actually watch maybe I will
1: get you started did you
0: actually watch Call of the Wilds <laughs>
1: no I did not watch Call of the Wild because I prefer the Call of the Wilds that actually used a real dog the, <laughs> the old 80s and 90s versions then you could actually go on Disney Plus right now there's a movie called Togo mm-hmm. uh, about a man and his dog up in Alaska they at least used a real dog <laughs> There was no reason for a cartoon dog. The whole reason that they do CGI animals is because they don't want to put the animals in harm's way and make them do any stunts that they shouldn't be doing, so they use the CGI in place of it. It was supposed to be a cost-cutting measure, not the main thing that you're supposed to be going to look for. So why they decided to do this whole CGI dog with like his eye winking and everything it's like just
0: Yeah and no. then and then you put it around Harrison Ford who you know he, he was He a great doesn't act- care. He was a great actor back in the day but yeah he's just through the motions. Even the trailer you're like He's bored. He,
1: he's getting to that point where it's like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take any gig for a paycheck. And, you know, Harrison Ford... He
0: literally tells you that every time he's on a talk show. It's like, yes. what, what was the most interesting thing you thought about this script? Well, it wasn't so much the script, it was the other piece of paper they handed me.
1: Right, so, I mean, here is, like, a perfect example of everything we've been talking about today, where you've got, like, one older gentleman in the name of Steven Spielberg, possibly mm-hmm. the greatest director of any generation, Yes. stepping down from doing... One of his landmark franchises. Yes. And yet you but, have Harrison Ford who just can't stop working, <laughs> even if it's something that is completely um, a, a pale facsimile of what it once was.
0: Well, I think in terms of uh, Steven Spielberg, hey, I think it's safe to say he doesn't need the money. No. But true. I think of more anything else, he's probably looking at the project and going, this is going to suck. And and with when it comes to uh, directors, you're only as good as your last movie. And he's probably like, I don't want this bomb under my uh, belt. It's like I'll, I'll I'll take a producer credit, like and the money. That's about it.
1: Yeah, Spielberg is one of those ones where it's like he's been doing what he can, not what he should.
0: Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about this on the way down. The last real Steven Spielberg movie, and you can't see it on uh, on Pod. He's D, doing air quotes, people, air quotes, people. Yes. Uh, was uh, Ready Player One. And, and it was a great movie. But I it, own it, certainly. But yeah. I was thinking about it. I was like, I only saw it once. And I've had no real appeal of watching it again. It was, but it was a good Steven Spielberg movie.
1: It was. But unfortunately, it came out at a bad time. Didn't really do bangers at the box office. Mm-hmm. And so, wow, I've, I just noticed I'm saying bangers a lot. Jesus, I need yes, to be uh, Yes, you, right, you were saying secondly, that in the last podcast, Yeah, Jeez, oh, I need new words. <laughs> but, yeah, as far as... Um, Anything he's doing now, I mean, obviously he had the uh, the post at the same time that he did Ready Player One, and I know he's doing West Side Story because, as an actor, I've seen all the casting calls, and you know, I don't have the dancing talent, so I'm not <laughs> in that one. But um, you I can mean, do for, it, Ryan. Uh, no. Uh, but for him to do something like West Side Story, I find very interesting, and maybe it's one of those things where something like that, considering he's not someone for like you know, choreography per se. Maybe he's going to transition to something where it's going to be easier on him rather than something like Indiana Jones where it feels like he would have to be there for every single thing. That makes sense to me, that he wants to go ahead and start taking work that's going to be a little bit more hands-off than he needs to be.
0: Well, I also feel like if you look at Steven Spielberg's work over the last few years, he's gone away from action. I think it's like with anyone, any artist, if you if you paint the same thing over and over again, you kind of get bored of it and you look for something else. Well,
1: what would you say was like the last action movie he really did? Would, would War Horse? One. Well, I, I mean, think. okay, yeah, I guess that kind of counts as more action, but I mean, that was that was a good amount of CGI how much he actually had to play around with the actors or something i think war hosts well was even when he was crystal
0: skulls Pinch. was more cgi than action so only <laughs>
1: when it came to like the monkeys in the trees
0: and the and aliens every, and and the background in every scene god damn it uh, there was yeah. a lot of cgi
1: dude. Uh, <laughs> why why couldn't they just go into a jungle like temple of doom just work with that but I, yeah but, I mean, again, you have like Spielberg doing his thing, but then you have Harrison doing his thing. And it's just overall – now, mind you, I am not a spring chicken by any stretch of the imagination. I'm 30-leaning to 40s. And even I will understand that there's going to be a time and place when I can't do the things that I used to do. I mean, mind you, yes, I'm ready to go out to Belmar after this podcast. I'm ready to go ahead and, like, celebrate my uh, Irish month. Because, yes, it's a month, not a single day, even though it's on Tuesday this year, which is stupid. But I am still going to go ahead and do what I can while I still can. But when the day comes that I can't do these things anymore, I'm at least smart enough to know not to fight fate. Mm -hmm. All right? Father Time is a brutal mistress. And if I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, like, attempt these things, knowing full well that something bad could happen, I don't. It's just that simple. I don't do it, and there's probably nothing that you're going to be able to give me or tell me to convince me otherwise. And yet, whether it's wrestling, whether it's industry, whether it's you know arts, it really depends on the person, I think. But too many older people, and uh, you know, if there's anyone watching this or listening to this podcast, and you're uh, up there, you know, don't take this in any slight to you. We're talking about people who have. Huge responsibilities that have a lot of people that weigh on whether or not they succeed And I think at that point you have to be a little bit smarter with your decisions
0: I think I read at one point someone say like I'm going to be afraid when Millennials start taking over the government Or like I hope that millennials." there's specific words where I hope Millennials don't start taking over the government And the response to them was well what I know of linear time. I hope so Yes eventually you know these people will pass on they will not be there anymore they will not be able to do it even if they tried like right now we're talking about how they're doing it poorly there will be a point where they can't even do it poorly and we're not building up uh, new, younger people. There was actually someone said recently, even in terms of the economy, and not to get into a business conversation here.
1: But, I mean, you have your business degree, so I understand. I'm not going to fight you.
0: But they're talking about how, like, the world hasn't really changed a lot in, like, the last 30, 40 years. We're still harping on the same franchises and the and the same likes that uh, were popular back in the 80s. Uh it's at some point something's got to change because like well that's just how the how it
1: works well that's the thing like if you look at like the 70s the 80s even to a certain extent the 90s nostalgia was not what it was that as it what it is now and you know these were the eras where things were created where things were introduced and people either accepted it or became cult you know it was either good or you know good enough very few things were could be said were bad but now we have practically, like, this uh, black-and-white mentality where it's, like, either it sucks or it's the best thing ever. There is no <laughs> more middle room. You, you see it in the movie industry. Like, the small, modest $30, $40 million movies that could have been made at the time, like, you don't see those anymore. Those are going to Netflix. Those are going to Hulu. Those are going away from theaters, which you don't really know if they're good or bad. They're just – you see them if you see them, Period. The, the middle ground, middle way of thinking is just out.
0: I don't even know what to really add to that. It's. I know. We, we started talking about wrestling, now. and now we're
1: getting into, like, real philosophical I, debates here. It's I'm like, getting depressed now. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, hold on. Let, let's ask Ming. Now, Ming, as somebody has gone, that's gone ahead and um, really been able to expand upon their celebrity – um how do you thank you well (laughs) i mean i'd like to think so i mean i don't think i'm forgive forgive me if i'm incorrect by saying this but uh before comic book men uh you were just the guy at the store right yeah i was i
2: was kevin's it guy right i was at the comic book shop and
1: now you've you know blossomed into your like your own personality like people recognize you someone like chris jericho recognizes you so i mean how does it feel to go ahead and be like you know this is as great as it is now, and now you're expanding into, like, podcasting. Yep. You're opening up your studios. Like, how does it feel to really be able to, like, go out there, do it all at this point?
2: It, uh, it makes life easier. I think my goal in life is to never have to wait in line in, ever again, <laughs> whether that, that be at Galaxy's Edge, at Disneyland, at the Rise of the Resistance, or in line at Starbucks. And um, every so often it works out. Like, I'm not at the level, say, Chris Jericho – or Steven Spielberg to stay on topic, where I'm sure Spielberg, he goes to Starbucks, boom, they have his re- order ready for him. Um, however, uh, yeah, and, and uh, I mean, I'm just trying to keep it going. So, you know, while the show has been canceled, unfortunately, uh, you know, I'm taking whatever, you know, that whatever notoriety I got from that show and uh, not taking it, advantage of it, or, you know, in a way, yeah, you know, I've started out my own business, which branched off from the show. Uh, if you watch Comic Book Men, we are scene around the table podcasting, um, mm-hmm. summarizing what happened on the show, and uh, I love that because I think we're we the first show to feature podcasting in like a major media format, either right. a movie or a TV show. It really
1: gave like a face to the industry in itself.
2: Yeah, but I guess more importantly, I was like, "Wow, I really like this podcast stuff. It's it's fun. We're having a great time. You know, just sitting here talking about wrestling in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> you know, why not spread that love to other people?" So that's what I'm trying to do, and uh, you know, if that. If that that moment of fame helps me out to do that, then then great. (laughs) Like, really great.
1: Right, but it's not like you would ever go ahead and try to, like... uh You know, cling on to like comic book men uh, far beyond when anybody would be watching. Like, it's not like five years down the road you're gonna be like, let's reboot the series.
2: Oh, I'm if I could, absolutely, I would, but (laughs) uh, that's in Kevin's control. And uh, I'm and uh, you know, I'm still going to Comic Cons, you know, whichever Comic Cons will have me come out. Well, being a fan and and everything, sure, of course. uh, I mean, you're
1: one of those people that's like in the industry, that's like, you know, as far as geekiness is concerned. You know, we, we pale in comparison. You know, we, we just talk about it. You live. I don't,
2: I don't know about that. I just heard you guys. Uh, you know, if you talk about AEW wrestling for like eight hours straight, that's, that's. Uh, you know, geekdom doesn't just uh, stop at comic books and movies. Like, you can be a geek for anything. You can be a geek for gardening. You can be a geek for wrestling. You can be, for, be a geek for podcasting. But, geek um,
0: for anime like we were last
1: week. Anime. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, oh, God. If you had seen the episode we did yesterday, like last week about anime, just yeah.
2: the whole hour yeah. 20.
0: Our studio looks like this, except. Anime merchandise. Okay, so we got My Hero
2: Academia. We <laughs> yeah. got uh, you know uh, Neon Genesis. We yes. have. Uh, oh uh, oh my me.
0: God! You are naming off what was on the wall.
2: Yeah, you know, of course. There's a, you know One Punch Man is somewhere down there. And, uh, yeah, all that, that's awesome.
1: Well, we had to get the Prince. We had hit Hayao Miyazaki over here, but you know. And me, I was talking about, like, all the theme music myself.
2: So. Yeah, so basically my goal is to not have to release a sex tape. to <laughs> And so far, so good.
1: But now, if you did, would it at least be geek-themed? You oh, know? absolutely. Would, would the girl be in a Stormtrooper helmet? You oh, know?
2: It's God. It's like, where yeah. are we gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, and, we're, and if I'm going to do that, you only have, I only have one shot at it. So, you know, we'll start out as <laughs> on Death Star. We'll be on, you know, like, uh, the Helicarrier from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then, you know, we, then, then we go on to, you know, the Star Trek Bridge. And then you know who know, you know we're, we're all over the place, man. Then, I, c- uh, I could just
1: imagine the word "engage" being used. We're in the, we're used the,
2: we're <laughs> the upside. Then we're in the upside down for no reason at all. And then you know, like every geekdom, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's where I'm going. Yeah,
1: she's not 11; she's 21. Yes, no. <laughs> yes. And JT is just like mortified at this point.
0: I, I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to add. Okay, well,
1: because I, I, between the two of us, I'd say you're the more innocent, pure-minded one. And me, I'm, I've interviewed porn stars. So, I mean, <laughs> again, dichotomy.
0: <laughs> Maybe we should wrap up.
1: Yeah, yeah, might as well. <laughs> be, be, before, we, before we make you feel any worse about this.
0: <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going to let you summarize because I'm, I'm lost track of what I want to say here.
1: Well, I mean, I'd say I'd, I'd say between everything that we've talked about outside of, uh, you know, being sex tape, uh, <laughs> we've we really gone ahead and, like, covered the idea that um, if we take away anything from this, when the time comes, take it, all right? You shouldn't have to be one of those people that goes ahead and fights against uh, nature in itself, you know? Take things as they come, adapt if necessary, but... Don't try to do something just because you, you can't think of doing anything else. There's always going to be something else to do. There's always going to be someplace else to go. And I'd say if you end up sticking with something for too long, you might end up damaging yourself before you damage others.
0: But then again, the money might be right. With that, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, I thank you very much, To I. For joining us today on the JT and Big O podcast, uh, you can catch us on Podbean, Spotify, and YouTube. Just search for JT Big O. Of course, we're also live every Sunday at 12 p.m., unless we're not, on uh, our twitch.tv. Um, I, again, was uh, Video Geek JT, JT McGuire. You can catch me on VideoGeekJT.com. And to my side, again, was uh, Ryan Bigorigi. I'm going to let him name all his uh, social media because he gets annoyed at me when I do it. <laughs> because you make fun of it. That's why.
1: <laughs> but no, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Real Ordeal. And yes, that is R-E-E-L for those people that like to be like JT and give me you know shit about it. Do other people give you shit about it? <laughs> one or two people but i mean if, if you know the kind of person i am you know i'm not talking about reality i'm talking movies so it's a different real. but anyway find a real or deal. of those two you can also find real ordeal entertainment at facebook you can go ahead and like the page and uh follow all the uh, uh video a day things and the real or deal, which is the signature show that i do all of my movie reviews on and if you just want to go ahead and talk shit with me uh there's always um the regular facebook you'll find me ryan o'regan um the big is primarily for the podcast here, and I'd say it fits well enough because Lord knows how I look on camera right now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, uh,
0: even <laughs> even they don't like it, you know?
1: <laughs> again. And, of course, we also should go ahead plug Ming.
0: Yes, uh, and again, thank you again to Ming and the Shared uh, Universe Podcast Studio. Uh, again, you guys can uh, find out more about them at, uh, what, what's the, the A-SharedUniverse.com, right? Uh,
2: yes, A-SharedUniverse.com. Uh, all the uh, social media is at A-SharedUniverse. Thanks,
1: the, guys. The A is for Asbury Park, which is the location we are here right now. Yeah, we're, we're,
2: we're literally on the ocean right now. It's pretty awesome. This is a
0: beautiful location. I'm literally, Yeah, you get to look at the boardwalk. And, the, and I'm sure during the summertime, this would be like the go-to place to do a podcast but of course there's also the Edentown uh studio as well which you guys have just moved and you're rebuilding there
2: yeah we're up on the fifth floor of the penthouse level now (laughs) so moving on up like the jefferson said
1: uh again that champagne like
0: with that said thank you again ladies and gentlemen uh for joining us here we will see you again next week till then we bid you adieu bye bye happy march